Um, Luis has a PowerPoint presentation that he will be presenting here. And for our folks online, I will put it here so you guys can see it as well. And that way everybody will know. Although Melanie has sent the announcements now um, online and to your email. So if there is anybody that hasn't gotten it yet, it might be because we don't have your email address. So please send your email address and we will have that in, that in, in our announcements, williamslakesda at gmail.com, williamslakesda at gmail.com. Send us your name, your full name, your address, and your email where we can send you the bulletin and the information of our church and what is going on uh, as the time moves forward. won't be able to share it with you guys, but I will send it to you as we move. So uh, let's move into the, into the first one, please. So everyone will know what's uh, happening here. Um, the first activity that we have, or the first uh, announce, announcement that we have for today, um, we have our second service or our second uh, sermon on how to survive the end times part two. What I want you to do today is get your phone out, go into our Facebook page, like that sermon, and share it with others. The last time we did it, we were able to reach up to 1,200 people within the first two, three hours. So it is important for us as we come to church, this is the one time that you can get your cell phone out or go into, into Facebook and use it for others to know more about what God is doing in our church. So take the time today, take the time this morning, and go into either the image or the live streaming that now it's going, and you will be able to share it with others. Uh, next, please. Today, we have a business meeting at 7 p.m. All of those who are members of our church, local members of our church, tonight we will see you here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. Um, the link has also been sent out for those of you, of you who can't make it to church. There will be Zoom available for you to be part of this meeting and also uh, be uh, there. We ask you to pray for God's leading in these times, especially for the decisions that will be and will be discussed tonight. Uh, prayer night meeting, like a grain of, of a mustard seed. This is our chapter that we're studying this week, Christ Object Lessons. Every Wednesday at 6.30, we are here, a group of people that is growing now. We've been having up to sometimes 20 people coming to church on prayer, prayer night meeting. And I encourage you to come. Be part of this movement. This is important for us to have a meeting during the week. And, and this is for you as well. Next, please. Come and join us tomorrow. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 in the morning, we will meet at... 1344 Dog Creek Road, we will have our first community service. Uh, we will be cutting wood and prepping wood for the winter, especially for this family who needs it. There might be more families in town that will need this type of service, but let's start with this one since we already know and we already have it there. But if you might know somebody else that might need some community service, let us know so we can get together and help. Tomorrow, everyone is invited. After uh, we finish our service there, Rodney and Louis has uh, had invited us over to her house, uh, to their home, to have some some lunch. So come prepare to work. Uh, we're not gonna do 
a lot of cutting. There is machinery already in place that will do it for us. We will be do, doing more accommodation of the wood. So everyone is invited to come tomorrow, 8.30 in the morning. Next, please. Get ready and save the date for those uh, involved in men's ministry. What's men's ministry? Well, if you are a man, this is a project for you, and you will find out more as you come to the meetings. September 27th, we will be meeting at Cousin Lake, through, uh, going towards McLeese Lake and that area, Cousin Lake. That's where we have our brothers uh, Lydia and Cliff Trudeau. They have a beautiful lake in front of their house, and we will be doing our first fishing derby. You are invited. Bring your friends from work. Bring, bring your friends from the community. This is an event for us to say to some non-Adventists, come and join us. There will be hot dogs, burgers, and fishes. Uh, we will have prizes for, for, for whoever catches the biggest fish or the smallest fish, and maybe even non-fish. So we'll see what happens. But what about if I don't eat fish? Do not worry. It's not about going to, to there to eat fish or, or, or the actual fishing activity. It's more about connecting to, with each other. It's more about forming a team of men that can work for our church and also can support each other as we move forward in our spiritual walk. So please save the date. For women's ministries, leaders of praise, fall retreat is coming. This is September 25th and 26th of this month. There will be an event happening on Zoom. This is going to be all on Zoom since we are not getting activities completely in physical from the conference. But this is for you as well. So please make plans to join. Now in our page, you can find the schedule of how the, the, the team and the different uh, workshops that are going to be given and at what time they're going to be presented. So you can get that there as well. Uh, this is important. This is one that I want to uh, ask Mark to come up here to help me share with you. Become an active disciple of Jesus. How many of you are aware of the project or the program Arise? Some of you know it. Some of you have heard of it before. Well, Arise is putting this amazing opportunity along with our BC conference to have people getting trained on at the comfort of your home. There will be an online seminar happening, and we only have a limited space of people that can join. So please, I want you to subscribe to this. How can you do this? By sending your name and your email to myself or to our secretary at williamslake, S-E-A, at gmail.com. What is Arise specifically? Mark, come and share with us what has been your experience through Arise and why this is important for us now. Right, I love the enthusiasm of our pastor and the enthusiasm of Lucas, and that's what we need in this church. And that's what uh, RISE is about, to put enthusiasm in us to do the work, to take the gospel, not just knocking on doors, but what was the experience was the importance of falling through the whole program. The program I took, and I went, took it when it was in Michigan, it was a, just about a five-month program, and it's a program that you really get involved in. You don't want to miss even an hour of it, because everything that is taught is important in getting you to not be so shy to share this gospel. And what I noticed is, through my experience there, was the in-depthness of just being able to relate to the hope that you have to trust Christ, to go and actually do a study, or to go and share it to your neighbor. Or, you know, who wants to even, how many of us walk and go up to our neighbors and knock on the door and want to tell them about Jesus? We just think, no, maybe the door time will come and we wait for God to open this door. 
But God has already opened the message to our door. We have to put our foot forward in faith and go knocking on doors. And that's what it was. It strengthened your faith to believe what you actually believe. What you were sharing today, Lucas, that we are living in this time and the hour of his judgment is come. We are living in a time when Christ wants to live and he wants to live out his life in you, sharing the message that he has, wants to give to the world. And this is, it's a, it's, I guess you could say the message is arise, right? The text in Isaiah, arise and let your light shine, right? Let Christ shine through you to others because it is all Christ. And, you know, I mean, one of the experiences we had, we went, I, we, as we knocked on doors, and you know what? Not a lot of people like to do it, but we knocked on many doors. And as we got invited into this home and set up a time for a Bible study on the next night when, as we set up the weekly study, to prepare people to come to a final um, evangelistic series that David Ashrick himself uh, was the presenter on. So you go into a home, and, you know, I was shy to go knocking on a door. I'm not a shy person, but to knock on a door, I was extremely shy. To go knock on my neighbors, I was shy. You know, I can speak a lot. But what was really interesting, we went into this home, and we set up this study, and when we come back, it was like four days later to do the study. It wasn't just them. It was other people. The head of their church is there. And you have all of a sudden, so when you walk in, it's almost like you want to just walk out that door. I, I actually want to say, oh, maybe, maybe we better not do this and run, right? But we did it. And it was amazing as Ali and because you go two by two. The experience was by the time we're done that study, that minister that came from the, other, the church nomination, he come there with a the purpose to tear you down. But we just prayed and prayed and prayed. And the way God led, I mean, obviously, there is nothing itself. God just opened the door. Scriptures come out. And by the time we're done that Bible study, that minister said, wow, I never heard anything like this. And I said, wow, either did I. But God was leading. He, he opened up the door, right? So it's an encouraging experience, Pastor. And if you commit yourself, it is, it's a simple commitment of just taking this time, taking it serious, because it's for, for what we are exactly here for, to take this gospel to every kindred, nation, tongue, and people. God bless. Thank you, Mark. So what's the purpose of Arise Now? Well, the whole program now is online. You used to go to either Michigan, Oregon, or Australia to take this course for a period of three months, six months, or up to a year. Well, right now, this whole program is online, and it's available for us at your own pace, with your own device. You can have your computer, your iPad, your cell phone. You can take it. Now, it is required a responsibility from us. It will require, if you do 10 hours a week, it will take you six months to get it done. If you do five hours a week, it will take you up to a year to get it done. But you will have a classroom, and you will have uh, classmates in that process doing the same program you are, and you will have a teacher that is basically going to be there every week teaching you along the way. Now, this program is very expensive, uh, if I was to tell you. It's not easy to just say this is how much it's going to cost. But the VC conference, along with the, with the Arise program, have come together to make it available for everyone. So anyone that would like to join, our church will help to pay the cost for it. I'm not, I don't want to say the, the, the amount because it's actually pennies what it's going to cost us to get this done. And, and the money is not the problem or the issue. It's more about who would like to join, who would like to get training on how to share Jesus in a relevant way, innovative way in today's society. So I hope 
by September 24th, this is next Wednesday, next Thursday, we will close our enrollment. Right now, so far, we have eight people already saying, Pastor, I want to be part of that. We only have 100 spots in the whole BC conference. So I'm, I'm giving you enough time from here to Wednesday to tell me, Pastor, I would like to be part of it. Please count me in because I know other churches are also promoting it. And we only get 100 spots. So this is a very unique opportunity. Please make this useful for your own ministry, for your own way of reading and teaching and learning about God through the Word, through the Bible. Uh, and last uh, slide. Is that, that was, was that it? That's it. Thank you. Well, these are the announcements. As I said, now Melanie is also going to be sending this on your, through your emails, to your emails. So please, if you don't have this information yet in your email, it might be because we don't have your email in our database. So please, today, before you leave or tonight as you get home, get on your computer and send us an email with your full name at williamslake, seven day, uh, williamslake, sda at gmail.com. And we will be able to reply and also to send you all the information we're working with. Uh, uh, yes, sir, just tell me once again, we are live and we will be live this morning. So please go into our page and share it. Now, for those of you who are online and who would like to come to church and are probably hesitant about the spacing, it is true that we can only allow 50 people into the sanctuary, and we would like you to be very understanding when it, when it comes to the time that we said we already have 50 in here. But now we also have the youth room, and today we were able to put a charge circuit in, so basically a closed circuit, so you can go into the youth room and you can basically see exactly what we're seeing here. It's amazing, and thank you to our uh, media pro uh, team that is always on the lookout of how to make this better. They're doing an amazing work, and I really want to praise the Lord for all the hard work they're doing to make mm -hmm. this available, to make this to happen. So now whoever can go, maybe today, before you leave, you might want to stop by there and see. We have a big screen, and you can basically see the whole sanctuary as if you were in church. Just to encourage people, if you feel like you can't come because there's not enough space, we do have enough uh, more space now available in case we can get up to 50 people here and we see more people than 50, we have another place where we can uh, reroute them and have them also be here at church. Thank you. Let's continue to pray for our church and for the plans that we have. Tonight, 7 p.m., uh, business meeting. May the Lord continue to guide us together and pray for our church as we move forward, asking the Holy Spirit to use us and to touch our hearts as we open worship service this morning. Sorry. Last Sunday, we had our corn day. We had a reporter asking some of you to give us some of your uh, opinions and also some pictures and, and events. So let's look at what happened last Sunday at church. Thank you, Serge. <laughs> We'd like, like to, to welcome, welcome you today to, today to our, our corn boil. In the parking lot of the Seventh Day Adventist Church here on the nice Ave in Williams Lake. As we look around, we see that it looks like a very successful event. With everything, all the self-isolation and quarantine that's been going on, I think everybody is enjoying fellowship everything one with another. Social distancing in mind. Why don't we talk to everybody and see how they're enjoying this fellowship thing one with another.
social distancing in mind and uh, why don't we talk to a few people and uh We're here with Rosalie and Rosalie, how are you enjoying today? Oh, that's a beautiful day. Like, it's so cool to come here and see a lot of people and you can talk and have a good meal. And the corn is delicious. Delicious, yeah. We're here with Rosalie. And Rosalie, how are you enjoying today? Oh, that's a beautiful day. And like, the food's great. It's I had so cool the opportunity to have a Mexican street corn with the chili and everything. And have and interesting, we were talking about this in the OR just a couple days ago with, with some of the nurses. Delicious. Because uh, we're talking about corn and I said, yeah. you guys are invited to the corn boil. And one of the nurses says, oh, have you ever had this Mexican street oh, corn? Okay. So I was really excited to see that the pastor had Mexican street corn. So that's and what I had. It was great. I, had I haven't got to the macadamia yet. I have a Mexican street corn. You also wanted the chili and everything. So, and interesting do you see an event like this, this beneficial? Just a couple days Physically, ago with, with some of the nurses. Emotionally, uh -huh. spiritually, for and Because we're talking about corn boil. We're sure. Yeah, yeah, I think we're all feeling a bit lacking in social yeah. interactions. Yeah. Something, you know, because of all the restrictions. So it's so kind of nice to be able to do this in the really parking lot. Excited to see it. And we can still social distance and see people. That's what I had. And have a good time. I haven't got to the best. People need this. Yeah. You see that here. Yes. So, Glenn, you're also one of the uh, physicians in town I'm here. So, do you see an event like this beneficial? Physically? Well, surely I don't know what to tell you, but the weather sure is looking fantastic. So, what brings you here? The corn? My wife. Feeling a bit. Nothing like honesty, right? In social right? Are you happy you're here? Uh, no, I'm not happy I'm here. So I'm nice happy I'm here. Do this in the park. And he's not only a young person, but he's also a good husband. Because he knows what his wife wants him to say. And see people and. Um, and what about you, Melanie? This what brought you here today? Need this. Um, I wanted to get out of the house. Yes. <laughs> what keeps you in the house all the time? My baby over there. <laughs> so, you enjoy these kind of events? Do you think the church should have more of these? Yeah. Yeah, I would come to everyone. I gotta try the next one. Well, surely I don't know what to tell you about the others. So, what brings you here? Corn? And we have Pastor Cortez here with us today. Nothing um, like honesty, right? We got to try some of this Mexican style corn. And uh, I've had a Mel, am I happy feedback I'm here? that many people I'm happy have enjoyed I'm here. it. Maybe it's part of the and culture. He's not only a you have to eat the corn. He's also a uh, good husband. With some mayo, some parmesan cheese, some chili, and some lime. <laughs> so he kind of makes it a little interesting, um, right? It's, it's a different way. And uh, prior to, 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 to coming to the event this morning, um, I, I went to the I wanted to get out and, and, and the first thing they said is, are you going to have the corn like this? I said, I wasn't thinking on it, but let me grab the ingredients and let's put it on. So we have had some visitors coming um, from the Latino community, and I'm happy to see them here as well. I'm happy that they even brought us some ingredients, and, and they were so happy to know that our church is open, and it's welcoming. 
So I said, please yeah, come I'm again and, and join us for the next activities. I get a Perfect. Try so, next question about activities. Um, do you think the church family needs more of these kind of activities? I definitely think so. There is always a place to do some safe uh, activities and uh, promote and we have some social encounters as well. We have today. been here in a lot of social distancing, um, which is important and it, and it has its own uh, merit on it. But Mexican we also see the need in our community for people coming together and supporting each other. And, uh, we have I've also seen the rise on depression, anxiety, and stress among families, not even outside of church, among our church families as well. So we try to overcome this by prayer, by studying the Bible, by trusting God, but also by supporting each other. And maybe this is one way that we can show some love and support to other people. Prior to, to so I'd like to thank you for um, giving some time and watching a little bit here of the overview the of our social event today. Um, and I pray like that in the future as, uh, that uh, you will want to come out and be part of it. Invite your friends and your neighbors and um, be blessed. Thank you for your time. God bless you all. And they were so happy to know that our church is open and is welcoming. So I said, please come again and, and join us for the next activities. Perfect. So that brings me to the next question about activities. Um, do you think the church family needs more of these kind of activities? I definitely think so. There is always a place to do some safe uh, activities and uh, promote some social encounters as well. We have been hearing a lot of social distancing, which is important and it, and it has its own uh, merit on it. But we also see the need in our community for people coming together and supporting each other. We have also seen the rise on uh, depression, anxiety and stress among families, not even Oh, I thought you said church, I'm on our Bad hearing. Okay, I'm sorry. I thought you said sir. So we be discerned. And you know what? Overcome that, that has by a lot prayer, of impact on everything we're sharing here today. The Bible, by be discerned, God, right? But Don't just be delivered. Thank you, Charlie. My wife and says I need hearing aids. Maybe this Lucas is one told way me I need hearing aids. Show some love and so support to, to other people. Oh, so I'd like to thank you for um, giving some time and watching a little bit here of the overview of our social event today. Um, and I pray that in the future that uh, you will want to come out and be part of it. Invite your friends and your neighbors and um, be blessed. Thank you for your time. God bless you all. and project manager in all of Penticton. I was offered this job and the Lord just spoke to my heart and Amazing Discoveries, who I was working with at that time, asked me if I'd go to Arise and I went to Arise with another one that was working from there and then I spent two years Bible working and at the same time I kept my company going and kept doing the work and God provided the time and the opportunity to do that. So, you know, you give a little bit of time but God will bring it back tenfold because I got to do my business 
I got to go and spend two years of Bible work and travel in different places in this world. And the opportunities grew from that. Yeah, you might not have the, the same dollar, but God takes care of you. Have faith in him. So I just want to put that in for that. And with that, I want to invite and all those who are um, on the Internet, watching throughout wherever they might be, throughout this province, Canada, maybe worldwide, and I keep forgetting to hold the mic. All right. So I want to welcome you and welcome everyone here and ask God to prepare our hearts for the worship hour. And the message that was presented in our Sabbath school class and the times that we live in, we hear often, but the message, it's real. It's real. And, and, it's, and I, I just want to get excited. It's nice seeing younger people here. When I went to Rise, I was one of the oldest ones there. And there was a lot of young people on fire, and it was really encouraging. And it's really good to see different people here that are younger because they can take the fire better than us olders. For, you know, they just got zeal that we sort of lose and we need to have. A text I want to bring as we prepare for the worship hour and before the opening prayer is this one in Isaiah 60. was a well done in a sermon. Arise and shine. For thy light is come, and the, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Wow. What an opportunity. So I just want to use that scripture to lead into it. And everything's been done. Let's have an opening prayer here, and then we will have our opening song. Father in heaven, what a joy it is to come and worship you on this beautiful Sabbath. What a joy it is, Lord, in the times that we live to be able to come together. We ask, Lord, for your Holy Spirit to come and dwell amongst us, the angels to fill the empty seats beside us, and that you prepare our minds and hearts to receive the message and the blessing that you have given us here today. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, our opening hymn today, Give Me Jesus, number 305. Give Me Jesus, hymn number and I'm waiting for someone to come up and lead this singing. Um, I have never sang. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you. Wow. I invite you to stand as we sing hymn number 305 for the opening hymn. In the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, in the morning when I rise, give me Give 
Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You may have all this world. Give me Jesus. Just about the break of day. Just about the break of day, just about the break of day, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me to die Oh, when I come to die Oh, when I come to die Give me Jesus Give me Jesus Give me seated. Amen. It's very interesting that you just sang that song because that was the number one song sang when we were at Rise. And I don't know if you picked it for that reason, but that was the song that they sang. Um, There's just under 50 of us and they sang every day in our, before our class began. And when they sang, I tell you, people would have tears in their eyes listening to those young people sing all the class, minus me, were singing amazing, and it was a real blessing. So I was encouraged, Pastor, that that is the song that we sang this morning, really with what you've been sharing and announcing. All right, we have our special music today. Who's going to be giving it? All right, excellent. Come on forward here. Lucas's daughter.
Beautiful. Can you imagine 50 young people with that beautiful voice singing? You get a little taste of what we experienced. Thank you very much for that beautiful words and song. So today our offering is for our local church budget. And again, for our tithes and offerings, they've got a box there. And also you can see online for the new way of giving. We don't come into here and collect, but yet it is just as important to give. You know, I was thinking as I think of church budget, as the pastor just shared with me today, I was thinking out in Acts, because we're just talking, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but it's very interesting how the, out the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and the experience of the disciples in Acts chapter 4, verse 34 and 35, and we will come to this point, I believe, very soon, and it begins with the giving at, of giving here to help with all the funding of what we have for operating of this church, is when they come to the point where they sold all their possessions and lands and houses. And they were all sold, then they were laid down at the feet of the apostles, which was for the distribution, distribution for the church. And how God added and how God blessed and how people sacrificed and gave all for the work and for the service. That is coming upon our door very soon. And it begins right here on how we just in the opportunity we have to support what we have here, a place to worship, a place to come together and to keep everything functioning that needs to be functioning, that has heavy costs. But most of all is to give from our hearts like that two lady who put in two mites. So at that, so we um, will move from there and you can give online or they have a box at the back. And now we just want to ask at this time for all who are able, you may remain seated if you're not, if you want to, or you can kneel and we are going to have a, a prayer at this time. Father in heaven, we just praise your holy, holy, holy name. It's a joy to come here, Lord, to worship you. It's a joy, Lord, to be part of this movement. And Lord, we pray that we'll listen to that still, small voice and hear the call. Hear the call, Lord, to allow you to prepare our hearts to enjoy the experience of Christ in you, the hope of glory. To remove all the phoniness out of our own selfish hearts, Lord, and to become real for Jesus. And not just to speak the words, Lord, but to live. And to be the example that you've called us to be. Lord, I pray that your angels, Lord, will go amongst those and surround those that are sick. Those that are hurting those that are in a serious condition. Lord, I want to lift up Roseanne. Lord, I want to lift up Roseanne Freeze. I want to lift up Warren. I want to lift up that family at this very moment, Lord. Oh, send your comfort. Give, send your strength, Lord. And Lord, send your healing. For all things are possible to, in you, God. All things. According to your will. According to your plan. I pray, Lord, that you would be, and I thank you, Lord, for strengthening and helping the operation with Miriam, who also, Lord, had uh, cancer removed from her neck, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that everything went well this week. And, Lord, there are many and others that 
people know and that are praying for. You see the hurt, you see the pain. But God, we just need to tell them that there is hope, Lord, as it is in Christ Jesus. So may we be thinking seriously, Lord, about even if it is, Lord, taking the time, taking this course, whatever it might be, that we can be motivated, Lord, and not become so deeper into Laodicean in this time, Lord, but to be have an opportunity to be strengthened and have more time in the Word and to be prepared and to go out and share this gospel to every kindred, nation, tongue, and people. So, Lord, prepare our hearts now for the message that you put on our pastor, Pastor Tony, Lord. Prepare him, anoint his lips, Lord, and speak to him the very words that you want each one of us here listening and throughout those on Zoom or however it might be, Lord, that we can be revived and strengthened and encouraged and that we can go from here, Lord, praising your name, all glory and praise to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray and thank you. Amen. Happy Sabbath, Church. What a wonderful day it is. And it's amazing to see new faces, visitors, friends, and family members. Welcome to our church. Welcome to our church. Those of you who are online watching this morning, welcome to Williams Lake Adventist Church. We encourage you to continue uh, streaming online and also sharing with others what God is showing you through the different messages and the different uh, projects that our church is doing. Today's sermon is titled, How to Survive the End Times, Part 2. We were opening this subject a couple of weeks ago, and this is our second sermon on this topic and this area, which is very important. But before we start, there is something I always do with you guys as we start our message. And the first thing we need to understand is, we came here to see Jesus. This is our reality and this is our need. This is why we are here. We are here to see God, to seek for His face, to seek for His name. But the main important message that you should get this morning is that Jesus is here for you. There are many things that are happening in the world. If we were to just get our cell phones right now and start looking over the news, we would be distracted by many actions and many good things and many bad things that are going around. But today, you came to this place with the sole need of having this encounter with Jesus. So please, as we start this morning, the first thing I want you to do is pray to God that He allows you to see Jesus. This is His will. This is His uh, main desire for you. I don't know where you've been this past week and the stuff that you've gone through or the needs that you have. But I do know that Jesus can help you. This is why it's important for us, before we start, to seek for his name. Number two, I want you also to pray unto the Lord and say, Lord, 
Allow me to listen to your voice. What did I say? Allow me to hear you this morning. Previous messages, one, one of the sermons I preached here a few weeks ago was set your eyes on Jesus. Do not get distracted. Hey, it's so easy for us to get distracted today. We have so many things that are getting our attention from different perspectives. But today, we are here to listen to God's voice. So ask him to allow you to listen to the Holy Spirit. What an amazing opportunity and what a beautiful day we have to have this encounter with him. So if you agree with me, let's have a word of prayer asking those two things. Help us to see Jesus and allow us to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you again for giving us the opportunity to be in this church this morning. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to also do a live streaming so many others can also see what you're saying to the church. Please, Lord, as we open your word and as we go through your scriptures, may you let us and lead us in a way that we can hear your voice. And that we, we may see Jesus this morning. This is our main need. This is why we are here. We want to see you. Please do your miracles in our lives. And in the midst of all the distractions that are happening around our world and our society, may we have this important encounter with you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have you ever prayed... To God doubting that he will answer to your prayer? Have you ever prayed saying, well, I know you're busy. I know you, you, you have other things to do. If you might have a chance, please consider this. Maybe you don't use the words, but deep inside you feel that by asking that, it might not be as important or, or maybe he's too busy to answer that or maybe... Uh, your faith is not there for you to say, man, I'm going to claim this. It's not only that I'm asking for it, but I'm going to claim that this is going to happen. I've been in many occasions tempted to say, I don't think God can answer this. Not because he's not powerful enough, but because my faith does not allow me to see that he will do it. Have you ever been in that condition where you say, man, I have a, a payment to make, or I have a, an appointment to, to, to get to, or, or I have this condition right now at home, or my children are going through this situation, and I have no idea how God can make this to, to happen. How can He solve this condition? I believe many of us go through that in our daily walks every single day. Many more than once a week. A few days ago, I received a call from one of my friends, uh, we've been friends for the past five years, and I mentioned a little bit of his life here. And I said, I met this guy uh, when his marriage, his marriage was about to be uh, broken, and, and he was departing from his wife, and things were not good at that moment. And I remember coming to his house, and we started studying the Bible. We started preaching and, and, and reading the Word. And we would go from 7 at night till 2 or 3 in the morning every Tuesday night as he has so many questions about how God can lead my life, although I've done this in my past. And I remember I would say to him, I know you don't understand right now, but soon you will be able to see the full picture of, of what God is doing here. He would tell me often, Tony, I do not understand how you do this. And the math that you use with your finances, how can you do this, this, and that? 
making this much money? And I said, well, the Lord provides. And you will soon understand that when God does his math, he does not use our own numbers, but he uses his. And somehow he multiplies it. And he does miracles with it. Well, over a month ago, I received a call. And he said, Tony, I'm calling you because I want to get baptized. I literally started crying. I said, wow, this is big news. This is big news. When he said, I want you to come and baptize me, would you make it by the end of August? I said, woof, I would do my best. I definitely would love to be there, and I would like to go. But it turns out that I don't have my PR, my, my permanent residence card yet. I don't have it. I just received it back in May, and I need to apply for it so they can send me this particular ID or card so I can leave the country. Otherwise, I won't be able to do it. When I went into the website uh, of Canadian government, it said that it, take, it, it is taking right now with all these delays and, 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 and all the appointments are being delayed and, and the short of uh, workers, 180 days. A process that would usually take probably a month or two max is taking 180 days. And when I look into the page, I said, there is no way I'm going to have this within three weeks. I called the lawyer and I said, is there any, any way to make this happen? Is there any way to... To, to, to make this urgent. And she said, well, considering the case is not an urgent matter, so the government is not going to give it to you. Right now, they're considering only very urgent cases, emergencies, and that's who, who, who they're proceeding or processing right now, uh, the different applications. You'll have to go through the whole process. And basically, she told me, there is no need for me to do the paperwork for you because all you have to do is just send your pictures and the letter that you receive and, and, and wait for the six months to pass. Sorry. And I said, well, okay. I went to the mail, uh, to the post office, and I had the letter, and I had my pictures there. And as I was depositing onto it, I said, Lord, I don't know if you can do this. I actually don't even want to ask for it because I think it's silly. It's something that I mean, you're too busy saving the world for me to get a card within three weeks. But if it's your will, and, and if, you, if you want to do it, you know, those type of prayers that we tend to say, uh, I don't want to sound like I'm doubting you, but at the same time I feel like you're too busy to get this done. I don't know if you've been there. You, you, have you ever had those, those needs that you're not sure whether you should ask or not? And most of the time you just stop asking. You just don't do it. Because somehow you understand God better than he understands you, and you say, well, he's too busy. Maybe he doesn't have, he doesn't have time for me. And, and when I put it on the mail uh, at the post office, I said, Lord, it's on your hands. Ten days later, I'm opening an envelope where he had the card in my hands. And I told my wife, we do not deserve this. Even when without this powerful God, he's still willing to show you that he's there. That he cares. That he can do it. That all he needs is a little bit of faith of yours. For him to move mountains if it's necessary. But often when we come to see in the end times. Somehow we get this cloudy image of can God really do it? Will he really take care of me? How am I supposed to prepare myself? And we start doubting of that same God that has been showing you every single day of your life. How he has taken care of you. 
of the sudden, when we open the subject about end times, revelation, uh, last days, end days, and all these conditions, we start thinking, can God really do it for, for me? Will God really take care of me? In the most cases, we don't even want to open the subject because we're too afraid of seeing what is coming. Well, let me tell you, God has made a provision for you and for me for these end times. And I want you to open your Bible, please, to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1. Because there is basically where all starts when it comes to the provision of God for His church in these end times. Remember that in John 17, John 16, Jesus has talked to the disciples about the promise of him asking the Father to send another comforter, another one who would be with us as he was to go to heaven. He said, I will not abandon you. I will ask for the Father to send the Holy Spirit so he can be with you. Well, in Acts chapter 1, when we read Luke and the way he proceeds about telling us how what happened during those 40 days that Jesus spent with his disciples, you can read Acts chapter 1, verse 4, and he starts saying, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. What promise is Jesus talking about here? The promise of the Holy Spirit. He had mentioned that he would send the Holy Spirit, and he told them, Do not leave Jerusalem, please. Whatever you do, do not leave this place. Because there is a promise, and this promise will be fulfilled. And he continues on to say, But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. And when you get to chapter uh, 1, verse 8, you can hear his word saying, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The commandment of Jesus was, do not leave. You have to learn to stay still. There is nothing you can do to make this faster or slower. It will come at the right moment. But what you have to do in the meantime is wait and have faith that that promise will be fulfilled in you. Now, often we've read about this and we have said, okay, yes, I understand the Holy Spirit was outpoured and the church basically exploded into this new vision, a new way of doing things that they were just preaching left and right and people were being converted by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, have you ever pictured this day in the heavenly courts? How did this day look up there in heaven? I want you to go to Revelation chapter 5 and there we will see what happened the very same day when, when Acts chapter 2 verse 1 is taking place. When you read chapter 2 uh, verse 1, it says that they all were together in the higher place. And there was a big earthquake. And all of a the sudden, they start seeing tongues of fires upon their heads. And they receive the blessing of the Holy Spirit. How did that 
action took place in heaven. Let's go to Revelation chapter 5. Because now John is looking above the earth. And he's looking up there seeing what is happening in heaven that very same day. Chapter 5 verse 1. It says. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to lose its seals? The biggest question that it was given right there in the middle of the sanctuary was, Who is worthy to open this scroll? And the answer he gets back is, No one is worthy. Can you believe John looking at this image up there in heaven, seeing how everybody's together, and they have this scroll that they've been waiting the longest to open it, but no one was, was found worthy enough to have the right to open the seal, to open the scroll. He continues on to say on this vision, and no one in heaven, verse 3, and no one in heaven or in the on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Interesting times. No one had the right or was worthy enough to open it. Verse uh, 5. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold. Can you see John crying? Saying, who can do it? Who can do such a thing? There's no hope for us. If no one here on heaven is found uh, worthy to open it, then who, can, who else can do it? And it is important for us to know what's about to happen in this event. Because some things are happening on earth and are needed to be, to, to be taken into consideration. Remember that in this, in this specific time, the church is praying on the, heaven, on, on the upper room, asking to God to send His Holy Spirit to fulfill His promise. Otherwise, there was no way the gospel would have gone into the world. They wouldn't be able to do it. They had no power in themselves to go and to share with others what God has told them. They are praying on earth that this event takes place. That the Holy Spirit is being outpoured. But on heaven, later, years later, John is looking at that same day, what was happening during that day. And he says that while he was in that room, while he was in the sanctuary, no one was found worthy enough to open the scroll. One of the elders came to me to, to, to him and said, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to lose its seven seals. Behold, there is one who's worthy, who's able, who has prevailed, who has conquered, and has the power to do it. Who is he referring to? Jesus himself. Look at the next picture. And I look, verse 6, And behold, in the midst of the throne, and of the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, it stood a lamb as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out, sent out into all the earth. What John is seeing that morning, that day, is that in the middle of the throne and the four living creatures, there was a lamb 
that it seemed that he had been slain. Who was that picture looking at? Jesus himself. Right after ascending from, from the earth onto heaven. Do you remember that day when, Jesus, when, when the disciples, let's go back to uh, Acts chapter 1. Do not close Revelations, just have it there and let's go back to Acts chapter 1. Do you remember the disciples looking up to heaven and then they saw two angels, two men standing in front of them. Verse uh, 11, uh, verse 10 and 11, Acts chapter 1, verse uh, 10 and 11. And while they looked steadfastly to heaven, and he went up, behold, two men stood by them in wild apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who has taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. The picture that we're seeing on earth that day is that the disciples are looking at Jesus going up onto the clouds and missing him. They were devastated. They felt that they were alone. They, they felt that they were abandoned. They were clenching, they were holding on to that promise not to leave Jerusalem because God was about to do something important for them. He was to fulfill His promise of sending the Holy Spirit. But when you go to Revelation chapter 5, you also see now John on the heavenly sanctuary looking at the Lamb who has been like slain in front of them. And the elder says, this Lamb, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, He's the one who's able to open the scroll. But in the midst of that, description it says something very important and I want you to pay attention close attention to that to that paragraph to that part of the verse verse Revelation chapter 5 let's go back to Revelation chapter 5 please and if you look at with me in verse 6 it says and I look and behold, in the midst of the throne, and in the, in the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as though he had been a slave, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven, seven spirits of God sent out into all earth. You remember what seven meant in Revelations? Wholeness. Complete. As John is looking into this lamb, he also says that this lamb has also the seven spirits of God who are sent where? Into the earth. That same day that John is having this vision, and we don't know if it was about the same time or it was years later, uh, 45, 50 years later when he's in uh, Patmos, having all this uh, epiphany of God, having this uh, revelation of Jesus. But he was able to see what happened at the Pentecost. When the Bible says, these are the Spirit of God sent out onto all earth, what you're seeing there is the promise of God being fulfilled of the anointment and outpour of the Holy Spirit in, Revel in Acts chapter 2. And let's go to Acts chapter 2. Because this is important for us to, to connect with, it, with, with the message. Acts chap chap chapter 2 verse 1. And when the day of the Pentecost had fully come. They were all in one accord. In one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven. 
as a rushing mighty wind, and he filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided in thongs as a fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and began to speak with other in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What I want you to see today, in order for us to survive the end times, we have to go through this process. And the first thing we need to understand is God will fulfill his promise. God will keep his promise. He said it and it will be done. The first thing he commanded his disciple was do not leave. Stay still. This time is for you to pray unto me and to claim into the promise that I've already said to you that I will ask to the father. Now, John is telling us in chapter 5 of Revelation that when he was there and he saw the throne, he saw the lamb there. And the lamb, as he proceeded to take his place as the lamb who has been slain, the Holy Spirit was sent unto earth. And in Acts chapter 2, we now see the church receiving the power of the Holy Spirit to do wonders in this place. What is this for us now? How does this take relevance for me to know in today's world? Well, let me tell you, we've been preaching for the past months that in order for us to do what God wants us to do is we need to receive the Holy Spirit. When we were talking this morning about the message and how worthy it is and how to share it with others, the first thing that we see on the three angels' message is that they go across all earth, share with everybody the gospel of the, of the good news. Jesus is coming again. It is time for us to repent. It is time for us to start seeing God as the true God and worship the Lamb. But in order for us to do that, the first thing we need to do is to receive the Holy Spirit. And the biggest issue we have is that we haven't studied enough the way the Holy Spirit works. Now, the Holy Spirit was sent for two reasons unto the church. And I want you to please understand this. Number one, the Holy Spirit was to convert the heart of each of the followers of Jesus. What did I say? was to convert, to transform, to shape the character of each one of the followers of Jesus. And number two, to empower the church to reach unto others. To fulfill the promise and the commandment that Jesus gave us in Matthew 28, verse 19 and 20. And you shall go unto all nations, preaching the gospel, making disciples, Showing them all the things that I've taught you. When we come to talk about end times, we often say, well, pastor, we know what is happening in this continent and, and, and the economy is going this way and, and the conditions of the world. And if we see right now the news, man, everything is going upside down. But the reality is that we're missing the point. The point is not to know what's going on around the world. The point is to know who Jesus is and how can the Holy Spirit help me to transform my heart so I can be used for others. 
You want to survive the end times? Do you really want to survive the end times? The way to do it is to stay still and wait for the promise of God to be fulfilled in our hearts. And the only way that can happen is by you and me claiming unto the Holy Spirit to do His work in our lives. I tell you, this is the greatest need that we have in today's world. And this is the last thing we're worrying about. A few years ago, I was visiting this church, this church where I grew up back in the 90s. Uh, this church is in Baja, uh, Ensenada. I grew up in this church, and, and some of the uh, uh, church folks that I knew and, and my friends growing up, they saw me there after probably 15, 20 years that I hadn't gone there. And the first thing they asked me is if I could preach. And I said, yes, I would love to preach. And I, and I, I did a message there. Uh, but right after I finished presenting the sermon, as I was walking out, I had a couple of families that knew me since I was growing up there. And they said, Tony, we really like you. And we want you to be safe. Do you have a place to go when everything goes away and, and you're going to be safe? And I said, what are you talking about? They said, well, we have a place here in Sonora. This is another state in Mexico, north side of Mexico, where we have a bunker. And everything is ready. And when you hear things go wrong, you give us a call because we have a spot for you. We will keep you safe there. And I didn't know whether they were talking this. Uh, were they playing with me? Were they being serious about what they were saying? And I only said, well, I have no such a thing. I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And they said, well, you know, we have a bunker. And they wanted to show me pictures of their bunker. And they said, we have a place to be safe when the end times come. Is that the picture we have about the end times? Is that what we consider when we talk about how to survive the end times? How many cans of food can I store in my, in, in my, in my garage? And, and, and how far can I go to just be away from everybody? And the way I can, I can keep myself away from everybody so nobody hurts me and nobody does anything to me? It seems that the disciples, when they received the power of the Holy Spirit, and instead of going to seclude themselves, they went on to the places where people were gathering so they could share more and more what God was doing with them. But at some point, we are somehow getting this picture of self-isolation. And, and although this is part of the conditions that we live now as a society, with all these uh, uh, physical conditions and, and, and all these viruses going around, this same thought of self-isolating is also harming and it's also injuring our spiritual life. Because now we're starting to think that as I share with others, I might get hurt. But the work of the Holy Spirit is only to transform my heart and to use me to help others to get transformed. I tell you, the end times are here. And the beauty of it is that we will see the Holy Spirit being outpoured onto His church like no time before. And you will hear people opening their hearts to others with such a love that you haven't seen before. I'm excited about the end times. 
I'm excited to see how God is about to use his church in such a way that we haven't seen before. Even In fact, Ellen G. White says that when the end time comes, the methods that Jesus is going to use are such that no one will take credit for them. No one will say, I thought about this idea, I thought about this initiative, and this is why we're reaching onto Williams Lake. No one will be able to say, this was the way I pictured it was going to be. Isn't it amazing? John is telling us the promise that Jesus gave to his disciples was fulfilled this way and this day. Do not underestimate and do not hesitate. Do not doubt what God is about to do with you. This morning, Lucas was saying something so important, so deep. If I am to consider how am I going to change my heart, I will fail. If I'm still thinking that it's through my works, I will fail. If I'm still thinking that it's my decision and it is my uh, way of doing things and, and it's my way of changing things and it's my way of, I will fail. Because in order for you to survive the end times, you need to have dependence upon the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. There is no other way. And when we see the church, the primitive church, the one thing we get from them is they were depending upon the promise that Jesus had, had gave them. Do not leave Jerusalem until you have this promise been fulfilled in your lives. A couple of weeks ago, we were talking about the Laodicean church. And one of the conditions the Laodicean church has is that it believes it has everything and it has need of nothing. And these are the conditions today as well. You want to survive the end times? Learn to depend on the Holy Spirit. Nothing else. Ephesians tells us that there is a work that is being done right now and we should take that into consideration as we move forward, I want you to come with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 30. When you read Ephesians, it's basically Paul telling the church, this is the way a Christian should live. When you have an encounter with God, this is the way he transforms you. This is the way you should do things. And, and, and he starts on saying, pray for the inner man. Pray for God that strengthens the inner man in you. The spiritual uh, realm, the, the, the nature of, of Christ in your life. And he goes on to say, uh, when you read chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse uh, 25 and on, you will see that... He talks about the old conditions and the new conditions of how your life becomes different when you live according to what God wants you to do. And, and basically, this goes to, to a lot of people that tend to say, well, pastor, this is the way I am, this is the way I've been, and this is the way I'm going to die. People should, should, should accept me the way I am. Let me tell you, that is true. People should accept you the way you are. But you should aim to get better every single day. You should aim to, to change, to do better. I, I can't believe when someone tells me, well, it's been like that, Pastor. Our marriage has been working like that for the past 50 years. And we're not planning to change it. How come? 
when God is working with us, changes happen constantly. We do not stay still when God is doing work in our hearts. We stay still to wait for His promise. But once the promise has been fulfilled, we get fueled to do things better. And, 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 and sometimes we misunderstand this concept of being Christians, thinking that this is the way God found me, this is the way I'm going to die. Don't lie to yourself. If, if you're not treating well your husband or your wife or your kids, things are not adding up. That's not how the Holy Spirit works. And this is what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 and onward. But I want you to check with me verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Many of us, in our actions, we are grieving the Holy Spirit. Some of us grew up learning about this. Some of us are new to this topic. If I was to tell you my experience, I did not learn this in theology school. So there could be a chance that you've been in church for the past 40, 50 years, and you still don't know about the work of the Holy Spirit. But the truth is that in order for us to survive the end times, one thing has to be clear. Who are you following? And that's Jesus Christ. In order for you to do that, you need the Holy Spirit to anoint you, to take you on to him. We were having a discussion a few days ago. And, and, and it's, there was an interesting topic. Because we tend to say the last day's message will be who are you worshiping? Whether it's God or Satan. And we have to uplift Jesus as no one else. This church has to preach Jesus day and night. But in order for us to do that, we need to be dwell and annoyed by the Holy Spirit. And if at some point we're preaching something else, it might be because we're doing it out of our own understanding. And this is not me saying the other topics are not important. Everything is important. But in the end time, there will be a fight of who are you worshiping? And it has to be Jesus, the main center of our lives. During this time, the Holy Spirit is also sealing our minds. But many of us are grieving the Holy Spirit. How do we do that? Well, one, by trying to do the work on my own without depending on him, who's the one who's in charge of the church today. God did not leave this church on the shoulders of any of us. It's upon himself. And sometimes we tend to grieve the Holy Spirit by promoting and doing all this and that. And we try to go to get this project done. And let's get this other thing going. And for next five years we'll get this done. And we have lack of dependency on him. That's grieving the Holy Spirit. Not listening to his voice. Not allowing him to do his work in our lives. How can I start having this relationship with him? One, claim and ask for the Holy Spirit. Start asking more and more 
for him to come to be with you every single day. The image that you will get of Jesus will be like a picture you've never seen before. Have you ever seen those people who are full and anointed by the Holy Spirit? I often talk about this couple. And this is my last statement on it. Trini Trujillo. Trini and George Trujillo. This was a couple of our church. They were about 90 years old when I, uh, that I can recall. And Sister Trini, she always smiled. Every time you would come to her, she was smiling. And the beauty of it is that every time we would go visit her house, she had dessert. It was nice. Every time we would go to her house, she had something to give you. And often we believed that we were going to her house to pray for her because she was an elderly woman and Mr. George was already tired and we would come to give him some sort of uh, support. But the truth is that she would sit us on that couch and she would say, Jesus is sitting there. There was one couch in her house that no one would use because that was for the presence of God in her house. And every time we would come to her, the one thing we would understand is that we did not give her support. She gave us everything we needed. That woman was always smiling. In her table, there was one chair that no one would use because that was for Jesus. In her card, she had a special seed because that was for Jesus. She lived with Jesus every single moment of her life. And we could see it. That was someone being filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you think she was afraid of the end times? She was happy. Knowing that soon she would go to rest. Because the next thing she would see was Jesus coming back in heaven. Church, we should not, we shouldn't be afraid of the end times. We should be excited. Because God is about to do miracles in his congregation, in his church. This week I was able to see so many miracles that I, I, I told my wife, I don't know what's going on. But God is doing things amazingly. I want you guys to pray for uh, Shelly. Shelly Adams. She was with us for the past four or five months here in our parking lot. Probably you, you, you might saw her uh, van parking outside or her truck. Well, this week I spent a good two, three days with her. And I was able to experience with her how she goes about in her day. And one thing I can tell you is that God talks to her directly amazing yesterday there was a needed uh, mechanic to come and, and check her car and we were in uh, Tim Hortons trying to get a fix and it wouldn't start it wouldn't start and I called Matthew Matthew is one of her church members and I said Matthew I know you're a mechanic can you come and ca have a look at her car I said yes I'll, I'll be there but I can only go after work I'll, I'll be there around 4 30 or 5 Shelly calls me at noon and says, Pastor, Matthew already came. And he checked on the truck and he made it work. I said, oh, yeah, really? Well, I thought he was coming at 4.30. I said, no, no, he, he was already here. And I said, well, describe the Matthew that, that you saw. Well, he was like this and that, and, and he fit the description. I said, yeah, that's Matthew. He said, well, he already came, he fixed it, he already checked the, the truck. And, and, and I was able to go to Canadian Tire and call Tire to have a, an appointment later on with them to keep on, on, on checking on the vehicle. And I said, great, perfect. 4.30, Matthew calls. Pastor, where is this woman that you want me to check her car? So wait. I thought you already went to, to see her car. She told me that you were there already at noon. 
So no, I've been at work. I've been so busy today. I haven't been able to go. And I said, Matthew, you were with her. I, I, she described me your image. So well, no, it wasn't me. And I called Shelly and I said, Shelly, who was the man who was with you? And at that moment, Matthew was already at the parking lot at A&W with her. I says, well, it's not your Matthew. It was another Matthew. And we both started laughing, saying, can God send miracles and send angels to support people? It's amazing what God is doing. Sometimes we might misjudge people by the way they see or they look. But you have no idea how God can truly uh, use them and use his miracles upon this, his people. Surviving the end times has nothing to do with living afraid or living worry or, 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 or having all this, acquiring all these things for you, trying to be happy and safe. Surviving the end times means depending on God even more and being excited for the miracles he's about to do today. Today, not tomorrow, not next year, not when the Pope sniffs and says something is coming. No, 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 today. The world needs to see you and needs to see me being filled with the Holy Spirit. I pray that our church is ready for the end times. And the way this church will be ready for the end times is by working, saving souls. Saving others, sharing with others what God is doing. You want to be ready for the end times? Start asking God to send you someone that you can help today. But I'm too busy, Pastor, I know. <laughs> That's exactly what Satan wants you to do. Be busy. It is time for us to get busy in the Lord's business. May the Lord bless you and may you have a happy Sabbath. Blessings. song. Lucas, come here. I'm going to do the benediction, but I'm not going to do the song. Powerful message. What is the closing hymn? What is it? Okay, 578. Please stand with us as we sing the closing hymn. 578. <coughs> strong to triumph or hosts of hell or darkness death and sin my name to bear and in the name to conquer so send I you my victory to win so send I you the captive free to break the bonds of sin to lose the setters so send I you to bring the lost to me 
So send you my strength to know in weakness, my joy in grief, my perfect peace in pain, to prove my power, my grace, my promised presence. So send you eternal fruit to bear. So send you to hear my cross with patience and then one day with joy to lay it down to hear my voice well done my faithful servant some share thy throne my kingdom and my crown as the Just before we pray here, uh, Norm and Bob want to thank the church family for the fruit basket they received. And following Norm's hip surgery, they also appreciate your prayers. He is recovering well. And as we've been praying, and this is powerful message for the Holy Spirit, the two families that we'll be praying for this week will be, specifically, will be for Jonathan and Ashley Morgan and for their family and for Ken and Lana Drevet and their family. So it's remembering our prayers as we heard this message and be encouraged that the Holy Spirit is willing to give more than we are even wanting to ask. Let's ask. Father in heaven, may our hearts be strengthened and encouraged to the message you brought to us today. Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit to come and dwell in us fully, Lord to guide us everywhere, everywhere, every step, step by step, and to fill us as a church family. And Lord, like what was spoken, Lord, that we will not run during these times, but that we'll be drawn closer to you and closer to one another, and that we can go and do the work you've called us to do. In all power and all glory to your name. In the name of Jesus, we praise you and ask that you'd be with us as you dismiss us throughout the rest of this beautiful Sabbath. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.